Aloha and good morning. This is Clint Hansen with Maui Luxury Real Estate, and we're on Maui Real Estate Radio, broadcasting on the KAOI Radio Group, broadcasting at 1110 AM, 98.7 FM, every 7 AM Monday morning. Uh, I have my co-host, Byron Yap, and we have special guest, Kim Ball of High Tech. Kim Ball is more than just uh, one of the founding members of High Tech. He is also an avid community supporter and resident of Maui. So we have lots to talk about this uh, morning. And um, to get it off, uh, Kim, you uh, came on, from my understanding, in 1984, and it was uh, originally uh, founded by Craig Mason. Tell us about the early history of High Tech. Yeah, Craig Masonville um, started High Tech in 1982. He uh, basically had a board outlet in Playa. He shaped boards. And um, uh, my pastor, Ricky Ryan, brought us together in 84 and uh, thought we'd be good partners. And so we met at uh, the restaurant, I think, used to be called Dylan's. It's flatbed pizza now, I believe. We, yeah. we uh, met and talked uh, and um, shook hands and never had any formal written agreement. but. Um, uh, we became partners, and um, so we uh, opened a store in Kahului in 84, and we had the Playa store, and we did a little remodel there, and then, you know, we expanded to Kalamana Center in 94 um, with um, uh, Shapers, and then um, we opened in uh, Kihei, I don't even know now, maybe five or six years ago. Um, so yeah, and we've had some other bumps in the road. We we opened on Front Street once, and we opened at Malaya once, and and uh, they didn't work out so well. So we've had some successes, and we've had some swings and misses too. But um, yeah, that's the inevitability of uh, opening businesses that you got to be willing to realize your profit and loss, and make sure you make the right call, and whether or not you're going to drag the rest of the business down or stay profitable. So can totally understand that no matter what, there's going to be those uh, bumps in the road, like you say, but aren't you really more of a, a brick and mortar store? I mean, you're really located mostly on Maui. I haven't seen as much of like an, an international or online presence. Do you have any shops anywhere else other than Hawaii? No, no, it's uh, Maui's enough for us to handle too. And, and I, I just want to say more about Craig. Um, Craig basically ran the factory. I ran the retail. And then uh, in 1990, he went into the ministry, ministry full-time, uh, Christian ministry full-time. And then, um, so we worked out a buyout and Craig and I are still friends today. I mean, he's in the mainland. He, he had five awesome children. And uh, so I can't say enough about Craig and what an awesome partner he was. And when, uh, when he decided to leave the business, it was, it was, uh, it was hard for me, but, uh, you know, we've been, we've been totally blessed and, uh, no, um, we have no desire to go anywhere else. Maui's our home and that's where we invest in and, uh, we have no desire to leave. Did you, Kim, when you were a kid, were you a surfer, windsurfer? What got you to high tech? Well, Byron, it's kind of weird. Um, no, I grew up in the Midwest. I grew up in Nebraska. Uh, my mother was an Island girl. She was born and raised in Hilo. I went to the University of Missouri. My dad was there on the uh, uh, on the GI Bill. He was in World War II. Um, and they uh, at the day I, my dad graduated a year before my mom. And then when my mother graduated, they got married. I think the next week, but they couldn't get married in Missouri because it was against the law. Mixed, you know, a mixed uh, race marriage. So they went to Iowa and got married. And so they raised a family. My brother and I in the Midwest. So 
no, I didn't, uh, you know, do any really water sports. We, you know, I played football and wrestled in high school and did some skiing when I was in college. And, uh, um, wasn't until we really got in the water till we came over to visit family on in uh, Hawaii and kind of got hooked. So was he, did he actually, uh, come to Maui before world war two? Was he training here or something like that? No, no, they met in college. He was, uh, he was, okay. he served on aircraft carrier in, in the Pacific, but, um, no, I mean, they might, I think they came to Pearl Harbor, but no, my mom was, uh, at that point during world war two, I think she was in junior high, just entering high school. And he, I got you. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, they, I know. I know that Maui was a really a, a hotbed for uh, training for the storming of Normandy. Um, you can actually, I, I of course remember when I was a kid growing up here, they used to have tons of pillboxes all over the place. And I still see the, uh, the Aztecs um, up in the parking lots of Big Beach and whatnot. They still have, I think, a couple of little remnants of pillboxes. That's why I was asking. But uh, that yeah. being said, the early relationship, that's amazing. I didn't even, it, it never occurs to me the whole idea of being younger that you know being mixed race was illegal in some places to get married <laughs> in, the, in the south it was yeah so uh, uh, but yeah getting back to world war ii my mom remembers all the troops that used to come to hilo and uh train like you said and and uh so uh, um yeah it was kind of a crazy time she's still alive she's 90 91 and a half and she's still pretty oh, wow. sure. so now high tech I, every time I drive by or go in, I noticed it covers a whole spectrum of if, if I'm a bodyboarder, surfer, windsurfer, kite surfer. I mean, what do you guys offer? I mean, you guys offer lessons too, right? Yeah, that lessons environment's really tough. So we, we, don't, we don't do lessons, but we've worked with a, a school oh, okay. for over 30 years um, with Alan Cadiz, and he does a great job of. Uh, HSD is his company, and they have an office in our, in our, uh, in our, in our main store. But, uh, but no, anything that you know, basically boards you can ride, whether it's you know, wing boards as you know, and uh, skateboards or, uh, you know, windsurf boards, kite boards. Um, yeah, certainly, you know, sell a lot of surfboards, shortboards, and longboards. And so, yeah, anything you can can ride basically i mean we're doing some electric skateboards and we're doing one wheels and yeah just just when you think what else can there be somebody invents something else so uh, <laughs> crazy speaking of school i hear you do a lot of help uh with uh wrestling since you've been doing that for a long time right yeah the pandemic kind of slowed that down wrestling but uh but yeah um yeah, yeah since night basically since i came to maui in 1980 i uh helped out or been part of Lahaina Luna wrestling and then um, started a club when my oldest son was um, in uh, in kindergarten in the Pili and that's still going on that's been about 25 years and so I still organize that and help coach but yeah I'm I'm 68 and I, I gotta I've gotta pick my battles now so uh, even though I'm involved you know we'll, we'll see going going forward pandemic might have been good for that it kept me at home so my wife was still there, wasn't wrestling. Keeping you safe and uninjured, is that it? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I do enough stuff to hurt myself. So uh, I've got- <laughs> Me too. I've got, I've got more more scars than Carter has pills, so. Clint, I bet you didn't know, and I think, correct me if I'm wrong, uh, Kim, you have, a, is it only a brother here that's a principal? Yeah, he's uh, 
actually he was superintendent of schools for uh, East and West Mallee, Molokai and Lanai, but he just retired in June. So wow. after, I don't know, 30 plus years in education or whatever it was, I don't know. But, but yeah, but he, he lives in Kihei and uh, we'll see how long he's retired. <laughs> Got to keep busy and doing something. <laughs> yeah. Um, now, you were mentioning earlier, uh, growing up here on island and working with the schools and also um, just uh, trying to co collaborate with other people that do do lessons. Is that something that you work uh, productively with? If somebody's like, hey, I'd like to learn how to uh, foil board. And you're like, hey, there's a group of people, this particular person trains. You know, if you wanna learn how to use a wing, you have resources like that at your disposal? Yeah, yeah anything like that, um, we point to Alan Cadiz. Um, I think it is okay. Surfing lessons. There's different schools that we're friends with, and we'll point in the different directions, maybe for surfing. So, um, yeah, I mean, there, we definitely have resources. We have a lot of customers who have schools, and we have supplied boards too. So, yeah, basically, if anybody on Maui wants to learn <laughs> any kind of ocean recreation, we can point them in the right direction. How and did? during covid because you you're more of a brick and mortar not like an online retailer like amazon how did during covid affect you guys and how have you come back well big time because we had to close yeah <laughs> we were we were deemed not essential even though we felt we were because we sell safety equipment and we do sell transportation um but we had to close so yeah huge difference when you you uh, have to close your doors you still have all your uh, financial obligations but when we did open the doors, the local community has been super supportive. And the one thing we've learned through all this, because we didn't have tourists back here to October 15th, is that we can survive without tourists as a business. And we did. I mean, it was maybe a little tougher, but um, we, uh, we, we don't need tourists to survive in our business. Wow. That's what I was curious about, because... It seemed like you guys not being internet presence and all that, how the locals or what percentage, you know, because it seems to me every time I'm there, there's a lot of locals coming in, such as I. Yeah, well, I could tell you um, from like the second week of May to October 15th, it was 100% local. Wow. <laughs> we didn't have any yeah. visitors. So, um, uh, but I mean, obviously they love the visitors and they are a big part of our business, but um, um, it was a wake up call for us because, you know, at the time we were shut down, you know, considered bankruptcy and everything else. How, we, how can we survive with no income when we still have bills? So especially having, you know, 50 plus employees and, you know, probably 150 vendors and plus all the uh, all the rent we're paying. Yeah, I bet that's substantial. I, you know, us, I actually, in addition to selling real estate, I also own Maui Paintball. And uh, it's yeah, interesting. People, oh, yeah, you like it? You like the tree forts and stuff? Oh, yeah, we took, um, we, we had an employee thing there a couple of times. Yeah, it was awesome. It was good team building for our, for, uh, for our high tech crew. Yeah, my manager, Warren, is amazing out there. He takes care of everything and uh, allows us to provide a really fun, safe sport for the kids to go play. And and, you know, a lot of people think that we have a ton of tourists coming out to the field, but the truth is more than 99% of the participants are almost all local. Most tourists that come to Maui don't really come to get shot at. They're come to soak up the beach, eat at restaurants, 
eat, drink, and be Maui, as they say. So um, when they came out and uh, would come to the field, sometimes they're like, uh, is it going to hurt? Like I'll get weddings every once in a while. And it almost always happens with the wedding. They'll, they'll cancel the day before. So I'm always, I, I don't do private sessions for, for uh, visiting weddings because it's inevitable that they do the cancellation. And the funny thing is that since we've opened back up, our business is more than doubled uh, just because we're one of the few activities. And I think that's a really big plus for you guys and COVID is the fact that their social distancing is built into water sports. I mean, you're not around anyone, you're out in the sun, you know, which uh, helps provide uh, disinfecting from the sun, you know, UV rays and whatnot. So that's great. Well, fortunately, our uh, government leaders never shut down the ocean. And, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, we've, we've been, um, you know, even though we've had no high school sports and a lot of the other sports were curtailed, we we, uh, we still had uh, the ocean was open and and uh, you know people were skateboarding too. We saw a lot of skateboards, so we were pretty blessed in that area. One one of the things I noticed interested about high tech, or I think it's pretty cool, is you guys seem to support like the local businesses you know the local shapers more than you know what i mean you try to fit everybody in that you think you can sell their product is that a thing you do on purpose or just that's how you do your business well we sure we want to support local anytime we're going to do that when we have it when we have an option um getting surfboards from any local shapers tough now though they're all busy which i'm stoked for so um but uh but yeah i mean we've always thought local first but um um, but yeah, and one thing my, my folks always taught me was to, you know, give back to the community. So we do a lot of, you know, events, you know, surf events, and we just had a fishing and diving tournament, uh, you know, a couple weeks ago, probably one of the last events that's going to happen for a while. Um, you know, we did the, uh, Oli Lombard, uh, classic, um, the week before that, and we did a cakey contest in June. Very thankful for the mayor and the uh, parks and recreation department that gave us permits very difficult to get these days with COVID protocol, but um, so we're fortunate when we can do things. We're, uh, you know, pretty involved with Maui Interscholastic League surfing. You know, I think this year we'll have nine high schools participating and that'll happen in the, uh, in the spring. So um, yeah, some, some ways that we can, you know, give back to the community and we're uh, more than, more than stoked to be able to do that. You know, that's one of the things that, um... Now, of course, uh, I'll have to ask the question because I'm bringing this up, but uh, when the truck went through your Kihei location and smashed all the stuff and whatnot, you can get, provide the details. I was reading through the comments trying to figure out what happened. Was it an accident or a theft? And uh, I, one of the most common ubiquitous things that people were saying that you it, it are one of the nicest, most community-minded, you know, humble people mm -hmm. that they've ever met, that you're just always are giving back to the community and that it's couldn't have happened to uh somebody that's less you know deserving you really should have somebody you know uh, giving you an award as opposed to smashing through one of your places of business so um i yeah i gotta say i was really impressed just not knowing you previous to these conversations how many people came to bat saying that you're just a really genuine nice person um that being said what happened <laughs> I, you know, I guess fortunately I was in Denver at the time at outdoor retailer trade show when I got the call 
at dinner from uh, Ty, our assistant manager. And, and uh, I guess being in business now nearly 40 years, um, <laughs> you know, we've had our share of uh, mishaps, I guess, you know, cars running into our store, trucks or whatever. And so I mean, the bottom line is, bless it, nobody got hurt. That's the yeah. thing. You know, everything, store can be rebuilt, inventory can be replaced. Um, and Ty just, it's, you know, miracle. He wasn't hurt or weren't, there weren't customers in the store at the time. So, yeah, I mean, I've seen a lot of things. I've been through a lot of things and stuff, you know, it would blow your mind if I told you what happened as far as, you know, uh, theft and that sort of thing. But, uh, um, you know, have some great friends that came out that night. Uh, Lincoln Construction came out and buttoned up the store. They were there till 1130 at night. The Maui Police Department did an awesome job of, detective work and everything that you know they arrested the 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 alleged assailant that um that night um you know our crew that we had from high tech uh uh friends that came with tools and uh uh you know the, the surf school next door i mean they all came together and uh you know uh buttoned the place up by 11 30 that night and then Four days later, we were actually open for business, and wow. you know, hopefully, in a couple of months, we'll get our storefront back. You know, I think it's being fabricated on the mainland and the rear doorway and everything. So, um, yeah, I mean, I just can't say enough about the community. But also, you know, Ty, it was pretty traumatic for him, and so um, I, I don't want to get lost in the fact that oh, it's just a store, and you know, it'll be fine because you know Ty's still going through some things. So, um, yeah. Um, you know, he's a young guy and a great, a great worker. And um, so, uh, you know, I'm sorry, you know, personally, he had to, you know, witness, uh, you know, <laughs> what was, could have been a tragic moment in, in his short life. Yeah. I'd have to say, though, this is like um, turning out to be the most Maui, probably radio show I've ever had in my life, listening to you talk about you know, I started a business partnership with a handshake and no paperwork to, you know, <laughs> overcoming tragedy with just people coming together without even being asked to help you uh, put the store back together after, you know, horrible, horrible incident like that. I just, that's one of the things I love about being here is the fact that we really like, you know, look out for each other and, and you know, community minded people such as yourself is what makes a, a better tomorrow for Maui. Was there a, during COVID or now, what is the popular thing that's happening now? Is it stand-up paddle, foiling? What, what is everybody taking to, to get out in the ocean? Well, I guess the newest thing <laughs> is, is uh, foiling, but foiling with the wing, with like a sail yep. in your hand, an inflatable. Uh, you have no lines, you just have a couple handles and you can get up and, and go foiling. Um, it's something I've learned to do. Um, it's, it's fun, you know, and like I said, at 68 years old, it's kind of fun to learn something new. And uh, I mean, you're foiling, right? So you know yeah. how fun it is just to foil. <laughs> for sure. And then you have the biggest thing that happens with high tech, correct me if I'm wrong for the, well, one of the big things is the big sale you guys have. And I noticed that all your friends come and help. That's the big event. When does that happen every year? Well, it's an anniversary sale. It happens in July. And uh, unfortunately, <laughs> you know, we couldn't do it in 2020 and not in 2021. So maybe next year. Yeah, it's a big community event. We give away a lot of, a lot of boards, a lot of um, 
everything. And uh, it's a, another way of thanking the Maui for supporting us. But who knows if we'll be able to have it next year. <laughs> <laughs> True. It's a love-hate relationship with our employees because it's the, it takes it takes almost a year to get ready for it, and then just the stress of it happening. So it's uh, um, let's put it this way: a lot of our key employees were not sad that we haven't done it the last two years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hustling and bustling, getting all the inventory ready has got to be a bit of a nightmare. I hope that you guys aren't too overstocked with uh, you know not being able to have one though. No, I mean, it's almost just the opposite. Uh, the supply is broken, so it's been yeah. hard to get certain. It's almost hard to get inventory all across the board. Um, yeah. yeah. Our inventory levels are, is, you know, are not high, <laughs> put it that way. <laughs> yeah, manufacturing has been an issue across the board. It certainly has been in the paintball industry. Um, one of the things that we have to, of course, account for is the manufacturer of paintballs. And, you know, many of those are actually done in uh, medical grade facilities. Um, a lot of people don't realize this, but paintballs are uh, all food grade materials and biodegradable. You know, it's like um, uh, a bovine capsule. So the same thing that vitamins and things are made out of. So we get excess from uh, medical plants that, wow. um, you know, with the encapsulation process, and then it, they do them in large batches when we get that recycled material. So after that goes through that process, it has to be, you know, basically kept in humidity controlled environments. That's not too hot, you know, got to keep it under, you know, preferably 80 degrees, 75 degrees so that they maintain that brittleness. And, we came really close several times just to completely running out of uh, inventory across the nation. And fortunately, those are all Canadian made where I'm getting my paintballs from. So um, they did have some shutdowns associated with the medical, but they were generally able to keep those supplies going because of the, the lot of it being tied in. But the funny thing is all my equipment, like I've been trying to get, you know, tank replacements that took six months to get. I've been trying to get burst discs, which is to prevent, you know, it's like a safety valve, um, uh, upgraded markers, because we've gotten all new Emacs, which are a lot better rate of fire and just more accurate, easier to maintain. Um, all that stuff was stuff I ordered nine months ago, six months ago before I was able to get it. I can't imagine having much larger products like you do to, to just deal with the day to day of, of getting inventory to you. <laughs> So did you say the inside of the paintball is edible? Because I've been shot in the face a lot. <laughs> Good to know it's awful, I know. <laughs> no, they it's taste really bad. Yeah. So uh, the inside is basically cornstarch and food coloring. And, uh, but the bad taste is uh, a lot of the oil that they use. Um, and the reason I like to use Canadian oil or Canadian paintballs is because they use a lot of fish oils associated with it. So it's a lot more biodegradable, breaks down faster, but um, the stuff that's made in China, it hurts more, thicker shell, and they use uh, like sewing machine oil. So what you're tasting is probably yucky fish taste, you know, like a, a fish vitamin, you know, that, that nastiness that when it gets in your mouth is not fun. <laughs> Other taste that fish oil than sewing machine oil. So keep doing it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Well, you got to get your Omega somehow. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know what, what, what impresses me a lot about high tech? Because I noticed 
over the years, I've been on islands from Oahu for 20 something years. I noticed the retention of the same employees. You know, you seem to have a good retention of the same guys, you know, and it, it, I think, what, what is your longest like employee that's been there? Oh gosh, Alex has worked for us sometime in the eighties. I don't know. Wow. Yeah, 35, 36, probably, probably almost 38, probably 38 years. Yeah. Well, oh, wow. I think, you know, probably because they're not hireable anyplace else. So, um, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they put up with, no, we, no, we are so blessed. I mean, we have a great group of people. And, uh, the thing is, is that I, I don't call them employees. I call them coworkers because they're all, you know, they become friends and family. And so, uh, just very blessed. And I'm happy. I'm one of those guys that I love coming to work every day. You know, people say, oh, when are you going to retire? This and that. And it's like, I'm retired already. I come to work and it's awesome. Yeah. What are you going to do if you don't, you know, yeah. maybe uh, not work as much. Right. But definitely work. No, I'd be, I drive my wife crazy. And I, and I don't, <laughs> I don't like doing yard work. I don't like cleaning the garage. She knows that. I mean, it's like, no, it's better. I'm here. <laughs> Absolutely. So uh, any big other events coming up on the horizon? Uh, any cakey events or just uh, surf competitions you're looking forward to? Yeah, I mean, we have the um, uh, the high-tech um, Lopez Vistla Surf Bash in November at Hokipa. It's a sanctioned event. Uh, it's a Hawaii Surfing Association sanctioned event. And uh, uh, John Willard uh, puts that on for us. And I think we've been going, I don't know, 30 some years with that. I think this, this might be the 34th or 35th year for that. Hopefully we'll be able to have it, you know, that things will, you know, uh, loosen up by then. Um, and, uh, you know, we're excited. We, you know, put in for permits for the, uh, the MIL surfing. Um, that's exciting. That's, that's one of the coolest things we do. Um, you know, now I think we're going to have, we've had, nine high schools i think we have 10 high schools this year i think ph charters coming in on so oh, cool that's pretty cool you know to have it you know we're the only we're the only um, league in the state that actually has it as a as a department of education sanctioned sport so in other words they can be their athlete of the year they can get honored just like any other sport at their local schools um coaches are, are paid coaches the athletic trainers come to um come to the meets um hana when they when they come out they bring a yellow school bus. They got surfboards on their yellow school bus. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, it's pretty awesome to see that, uh, you know, it's being treated like a, you know, like an interscholastic, like a regular interscholastic sport. I mean, my gosh, it was in the Olympics, right? So yeah, uh, pretty cool. But that must be part of the reason that there's so many professional surfers that come off of our little rock, you know, we're sitting here in the middle of the Pacific and, uh, we're blessed to have people like you that make the sport, you know, mainstream, like it is get out there and enjoy the ocean and see what you got. Yeah. So, yeah thank I mean, you. We've had a lot of tremendous surfers come out of Maui, but uh, this is more for, you know, some of these guys can become professional surfers, but more that, you know, surfing's their sport and they're not at that level because to be at that elite level is there's just a small, you know, percentage can be at that level where they can actually be sponsored and, you know, maybe paid to surf or paid to travel. It's, it's, um, 
So most of these most of these guys do it just because that's their sport and they love it. Yeah. But thank goodness they get school credit for it. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> right. Yeah. Awesome. So um, that said, and with the school that's going on now, I I'm curious with your manufacturing processes, I'm, I'm assuming you outsource a lot of to different places and are at the, you know, because you do have some shaping on Maui. What percentage is like locally made shaping compared to, you know, stuff made abroad? Yeah, well, we don't have a factory anymore. We, uh, you know, we closed our factory. I don't even know how many years ago. It's been a while, probably, you mm -hmm. know, ten years. Um, yeah, I mean, most of our boards um, are outsourced. I mean, we do carry some local boards, but not nearly what we used to. Uh, we we do carry um carry. We do have boards from Oahu, um, but now the whole scene there has changed. I mean, talk to us twenty, thirty years ago. It was all local boards. Um, but now with, you know, um, the World Surf League and uh, social media and, uh, you know, uh, all the World Surf League uh, contests on and, you know, are, are accessible on computer or, or um, personal device. Um, you know, they, the young people, kids, they want what the pros are, are writing. So, um, um, and those boards are, you know, Oahu boards or maybe California, or even Australia boards. Um, because the, the Maui shapers, I mean, even though they're just as talented, they don't have the resources to put these guys at that level on their boards. So um, it's unfortunately, but that's that's the way it is. So um, so naturally people coming in the store, they see a firewire, channel islands, or Pizel. Um, they've seen that board, they've seen the best surface in the wor world riding those boards. That's top of mind for them. Don't get me wrong, local shapers here have a lot of customers. They're very busy. I think if you order a board from any local shaper, it's not going to be weeks, it's going to be months. So uh, they're, yeah. uh, they're not complaining. <laughs> not alone, though. I mean, the kind of volume that some people are picking out in the mainland, it's not easy being stuck here in the middle of the Pacific, getting big blocks of foam to shape out and, you know, cure. It's, it's quite the process. So I imagine with limited square or high square footage costs, it's just gotta be, you know, really difficult. Well, yeah, the materials are tough anywhere, you know, and uh, the surfboard industry is no different. They've had, you know, harder time getting the raw materials and um, the cost. Costs have gone up just like everything else. So uh, we see that in our invoices. And, but you know what? Everybody sort of knows that and they, they're used to it and they're just kind of going with the flow. What is, if I want, since you've been in business for so long, what, are the, what is the biggest challenge besides COVID that you see in the business in, for high tech that like you, you have to work through? I, I think it, it's just, always changing in our business. It's just like, it's never the, never the same. I mean, if you'd have told me we'd be, you know, 10 years ago, we'd be selling coolers and insulated drinkware. <laughs> you said you're nuts, you know? But then, you know, uh, 10, 15 years ago, we were selling headphones, you know, and things like that. I mean, it's just, our world is always changing. You know, I, th I think the one thing that hasn't is um, we've always, sold surfboards and, and accessories something to ride waves but you know on the periphery a lot of things change you know now 
I mean, almost all our short boards, I mean, you know, all our quality boards, they don't come with fins. You got to buy fins, you know, <laughs> 10 years ago, that wasn't, it wasn't, wasn't happening, but now it's like, yeah, that's, you know, it's kind of like buying, kind of like buying a new car without the wheels, you know. <laughs> what you're right now, uh, what do you think's on the horizon other than like new tech that's out there? Because I remember seeing um, hydrofoils back in the day, you know, in the 90s, but it was nowhere near as popular. There are these big, crazy bindings. And now I see foiling just all over the place. Um, do you think of anything, you know, like I see the one wheel obviously getting a ton of popularity. What do you see next on the horizon? That's just all of a sudden jumping out at you. You just, we just never know. I mean, there's a, there was a thing we, uh, uh, the, what do they call those startup things? You know, when they, they want some capital, we, uh, Oh yeah. Venture, cap, um, a, uh, online that, yeah I, I can't remember yeah it's every it's, it's crowdfunding i forget what the crowdfunding is called though there's a website you go to but yeah yeah but anyway there was there's something coming out and it's been i don't know i think we we uh threw some money at it like three years ago you know there's a the motorized spin you can put on any board so you can you get power uh, back oh, cool. and uh yeah and then um and then right away, I don't know. I, who knows? There's people tinkering with things all the time, and, and uh, you know, some of them work and some of them don't. And um, you know, even when we first started carrying kites back in the day, you know, for kite surfing, you know, um, they brought us these Whippica kites. It was really the first inflatable kite, you know, that was um, on the market. We had to have two of our employees go learn how to kite, you know, so we could sell them. And then those two guys ended up going on the tour because they were like early kiters who were pretty good. <laughs> and so, so yeah, we just never know what's going to be the next thing, you know? So, um, um, but we, uh, it's funny because we, we last Steve wrote our manager and he's got this yellow legal pad and we go back over whether it was stand up boards or it was, um, or it was um, the kites and now it's the wings and foils and whatever was new. You know, can never get enough. So he put it, he put the name on a on a yellow legal pad, and we call them when they came in. And we've done that about I don't know eight or nine times with new things that have come out. We just laugh, you know. We don't use a computer or anything like that. He's got his yellow legal pad and a pen, and he crosses names out and writes phone numbers down. And so we're still doing that. We still have a list right now with different boards we're waiting to come in. Yeah. So you've been uh, taking up on foiling then and using uh, uh, what do you call it the oh, delta the wing right? Yeah, so you've been yeah. wing. Now my yeah. question, my brother is huge into it. Um, he just he's never really been a surfer. I'm usually out there doing a lot of stand up paddling myself, and but my main water sport from when I was a kid was always been going out on the outrigger with my family. So he absolutely loves it. What? brand is like your favorite uh foil board right now not the wing is not my question but to me i'm looking at it and and there's a lot of different options to choose out there and i'm i'm, I'm a little baffled at the time well you're talking about three different disciplines you're talking about prone foiling you're talking about stand-up yeah. foiling and you're talking about wing stand foiling up. and really they're all just a little bit different so um but locally Jimmy Lewis, 
Mace Gray boards, uh, Keith Newell with the Mace Gray boards. Nash has some great, you know, Robbie Nash's company. Nash makes some great boards. I don't want to forget anybody. Um, uh, there's Dave other. So, so, yeah, Dave. Yeah, Dave. How can I forget Dave? He's a good friend. Dave Palma makes great boards. We sell a lot of his boards. Um, Dave Mel has shaped some for uh, Sailboards Maui. Um, gosh, I don't want to forget anybody. Um, but 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 there's a lot of good boards out there, you know. And um, it's uh, you know it's important to and there's some use things uh, you know use boards you know on Craigslist now. But uh, yep. important thing is is um, to get a board that uh, is not too small for you. That's the one thing we've learned. Everybody wants, oh, I want to go smaller. I want to go smaller. And then um, you go too small, and there's a certain point where, oh gosh, now it's impeded my progress. So uh, <laughs> yeah, but want to get enough ounces to be floaty. Yeah, 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 and oh, Goldfoil has just come out with boards, so we we just got those in. Goldfoil is a local company, Alex and Carla Guerra. They make they, oh, okay. They make their uh, they make foils, which are unbelievable. Goldfoils. Now they're making boards. Soon they're going to have rings, so that's going to be another local Mali company. Um, uh, so yeah, it's yeah, it's it, it's always changing. <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing. Um, Thank you so much. I really appreciate. Um, is there anything that you want to see on the horizon for the growth of your business? I mean, obviously maintaining it is wonderful, but you, to me, in our conversation, it's not so much about, you know, expanding it and becoming, you know, a billionaire or whatnot, because, you know, you've been maintaining something really local, you know, a, a really island style, a Maui kind of family that supports and grows the sports here on Maui and services the community. Uh, that being said, I mean, what would you see the logical next step in, in your companies if you're not going to be diversifying to other islands or internationally or in cyberspace? I mean, where do you see your, your company in the next 10 years? Well, I think we always have to have our antenna up. You know, we have, I mean, if we don't have the latest and greatest, I mean, even, you know, we have... I mean, customer service is one thing, obviously, but if we don't have leading edge product, you know, uh, customer service only gets you so far. So we're, you know, like I said, I was out outdoor retailer in Denver uh, a few weeks ago. We're leaving our um, two of our key buyers are going with me next week to Surf Expo in Orlando. Um, all right. We are always, you know, have our ear to the ground and, uh, um, you know, and also, you know, all our employees are involved in, in different sports. I mean, we're not just, we're not just selling it, we're doing it. So um, we just want, if we stay on top of things and, uh, you know, I think we're going to be okay. But if we don't, if we don't have that passion, I mean, I've got, I've got three sons, all pretty sharp. None of them want to be in this business. <laughs> no, I tell them if you're, if you're not passionate about it, um, it's too tough. It's too tough. The business is too hard. You have to be on it. And uh, yeah, great in margins. Yeah, and they've all decided, no, Dad, that's not for us. You know. <laughs> and uh, but at the end of the end of the day, it's um, it's an awesome business to be in. Uh, Byron, you have any other questions? No, but I, I think in closing, where is where are the locations for high tech? Yep. Our flagship store is in Kahului, uh, right uh, near the airport. Um, that I think it's called Triangle Square now. I don't remember. 
And uh, original that's stores. That's what I always call. Yeah, uh, original stores in Paye, Although it's it's across the street from our original location, we are in partnership with Mana Foods on a piece of property there, and and uh, Mana Foods finally kicked us out, so we uh, we are uh, <laughs> location across the street. Um, we're in Kihei, which is an awesome location across from Sugar Cove. You know, it's a great family spot to serve. Uh, Tommy Castleton has the surf school next door. He's a, he's an awesome landlord for us. And then Shapers in the Mall. Like I said, we've been there since '94. And then we're we're silent partners in a store on Front Street called uh, Stokehouse with Paul Nadi, the owner of Visla and uh, uh, Sister Revolution and Amuse, uh, three uh, really good clothing companies. So that's where we are right now. And you know things could always change, but uh, that's that's enough right now. Thanks, Kim. Yeah, thank you, Kim. I really appreciate it. It's been a, a wonderful and enlightening show. Um, and uh, yeah, I appreciate all the services and uh, love that you give the island. It's it's great to see, you know, somebody that uh, lives, works, and breathes Maui, and and you give so much back to the community. And I'm I'm glad you've been a wonderful success, and and I look forward to more success from you in the future. Um, this is uh, Maui Real Estate Radio. We usually are talking about radio, uh, real estate. That's it. We're usually talking about real estate, but we're also talking about Maui because it's the things that are important to us. And uh, we live on this beautiful little island in the middle of the Pacific and, and we all work together. So thank you again. I, I, I was been a fantastic show. If anybody wants to listen to this show or any other show, you can go to MauiRealEstateRadio.com and you have it there. But we broadcast Mondays on the KAOI radio group, 1110 AM, 98.7 FM. And um, until next time, aloha. <laughs>